this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode by postponing elections to the provincial assemblies in punjab and khyber pakhtunkhwa beyond the constitutionally mandated period The Election Commission of Pakistan has strayed into uncharted territory that could imperil democracy in the country yet again. This comes after a same-page show by the Army Chief Asim Munir and the government of Prime Minister Shahbaz Sharif in trying to tackle the common threat they perceive from the person of the Pakistan Tehreek-e-Insaf Chief Imran Khan. The courts in Pakistan, however, haven't been as obliging to General Munir and Prime Minister Sharif. and the arrest of imran khan hasn't yet happened it's also clear that mr khan continues to be popular and his party could well have won the punjab and khyber pakhtunkhwa assembly elections previously scheduled to have been held by the end of april meanwhile pakistan continues to face an unprecedented economic crisis with common people bearing the brunt of runaway inflation so what happens now to discuss the big picture in pakistan I'm joined by Rana Banerjee, retired Special Secretary in the Cabinet Secretariat and a long-time Pakistan watcher. Welcome to the InFocus podcast, Mr. Banerjee. Thank you, Amit. It's a great privilege to be on the Hindu podcast with you. Mr. Banerjee, I want to ask you the same question I posed in my intro. What happens now in Pakistan? Well, it's a very interesting situation of political economic and social turmoil which is getting deeper and uglier in pakistan by the day actually the election commission action which came yesterday has been a sequel to the earlier suomoto notice taken by a controversial bench of the supreme court uh, which forced a new date of elections to be held within the 90 day limit or with minimum uh, digression thereof uh, after which the chief election commissioner had fixed april 30 as the date of the provincial assembly election in punjab however he has now submitted a report using his powers uh, under section 2183 of the constitution read with section 58 of the election uh, commission act of 2017 which enables him to fix new dates if there are conditions which will prevent him from holding a free and fair poll and he has come to this conclusion on the basis of discussions uh, with various institutional authorities the army the administration in punjab and uh, who have uh, regretted their inability to provide staff and security for the elections in the current situation so it may not be an entirely illegal order or a contempt of the court though the opposition pti tehreek-e insaf party of imran khan has threatened to go to court on both grounds of contempt and violation of the constitution but today when we were expecting that they would file an appeal so far uh, the pti has not yet filed an appeal though a petition has been moved with the supreme court registrar by sheikh rashid who is actually an ally of the pti party he has his own party called 
Pakistan Awami Party is if it's or Awami League, if he calls it. But he's a one-man party. But he has filed a petition. It's not known what the fate of that petition is so far. See, this political crisis has been, you know, intensifying into hitherto uncharted territory after the incident which happened in the Zaman Park home of Imran Khan uh, between March 13 and March 16, when uh, he did not appear in the Islamabad uh, sessions courts uh, in a Tosha Khana case to prevent the hearing at the indictment stage of this case and to delay it, he has been avoiding to appear before the court, which led to the issue of two non-available warrants, one in the Tosha Khana case and one in the case where he had threatened the lady magistrate. And uh, the Lahore police, with help from the Islamabad police, tried to execute this warrant in front of his house and it led to a ugly fracas between PTI supporters inside the house who started stone pelting and attacked the police uh, with who were unarmed with uh, lathis and various other instruments including uh, petrol bombs and things like that. So this standoff continued for over two days. The whole scenario of Imran Khan using human shields to avoid uh, or frustrate uh, court appearances was repeated on March 18 when it had been decided that he would finally appear in uh, the Islamabad court cases after his request for changing the venues uh, to a more secure premises of the federal high court, a federal court premises from the area from where the magistrates used to sit earlier. Though he went there with great fanfare and a large posse of supporters and cars, he refused to enter the court on grounds that there was a threat to his life and there was a conspiracy to kill him. In the meanwhile, his supporters once again engaged in a clash with uh, the police deployed there. And a large number of supporters who were involved in such actions were later found by the investigating police authorities in Islamabad to belong to uh, government departments and even uh, lower clerical, lower level clerical staff of the police who were all identifying themselves as supporters of Imran Khan. So this was has been quite a serious situation. And the ruling uh, PDM government then met and took stock of the situation in a meeting where the chief prime minister was there and also the army chief attended along with the DGISI. And it was felt that the writ of the state should be exercised through some tough action against these demonstrators, after which there has been a crackdown against supporters of Imran Khan. So this is where uh, the standoff stands at present. But, but what, what is your sense, Mr. Banerjee, that in spite of all this, the government, which is now backed by the army, they could not execute the warrant against Imran Khan. Doesn't this say something about the ruling dispensation? Well, in a way it does, yes. But uh, the question is that uh, there have been a lot of double standards by Imran Khan he has been uh, thrusting his supporters in the forefront, using them as human shield, whereas he himself has tried to avoid and delay appearances in the court for fear of being arrested and put into prison. Of course, this is part of a political game that has been going on. The army, under the leadership of the new army chief, General Asim Munir, uh, has supported the, the government of the Pakistan Democratic Alliance, led by Shahbaz Sharif. Because 
there have been also unconfirmed reports of direct you know confrontation or trolling by pro imran supporters both abroad and from inside pakistan against the new army chief also in a recent interview to the voice of america imran khan said that despite his popularity and uh, you know unquestioned you know support of the people at large only one man was standing against his being reelected as prime minister and he uh, almost named the new army chief now there have been unconfirmed reports that in case these elections are held and imran khan is able to win uh, sweeping majorities not only in the provincial elections but in the subsequent national assembly elections then uh, he would have uh, support from legal luminaries to question the appointment of the army chief on grounds of his seniority extension for two days being invalid and he would uh, then bring back uh, the retired former dgisi in retired capacity as his dgisi again and appoint a new uh, army chief so this is something the top generals who have now rallied behind the uh, army chief the new army chief may not be able to countenance very easily so that may be one of the reasons why uh this type of indirect support from the army establishment is coming now for the crackdown against pti supporters but what's your sense mr banerjee you watched pakistan closely for many decades what is your sense you know clearly this government uh, you know we, we can have many views uh, about uh, you know the conflict between imran khan uh, and the muslim league on, at one level the army chiefs backing all that but on the economic front too they have been found to be wanting so the question which some pakistani analysts are also raising how much patience will general munir finally show with this alliance government of shahbaz sharif see the economic situation itself is very difficult and that can be uh, deterring a direct takeover through martial law because this would only isolate uh, the military in pakistan and uh, forfeit whatever chances they may have of getting uh, a diluted uh, form of the imf sec- uh, loan second tranche of 1.2 billion approximately though you see nothing has been done for making structural changes in the way the pakistan economy is, is being you know dealt with with more and more uh, loans being taken from various international institutions and then repayments being done so far there has been no repayment no uh, sort of rep- lag in the repayment but it's what has been called by certain well known pakistani economists abroad as the perfect uh, doom loop the perfect doom loop means that unless there are some uh, structural changes this uh, policy of getting loans from international institutions and then using them uh, only for the benefit of the elite is not going to work for long you see the pakistani elite have been benefiting from a rent extraction type of economy importing consumer goods and then having very low the economy has had low rates of savings and investment low import substitution subsistence subsistence on low tax revenues high fiscal and current account deficits high unproductive defense expenditures which are a sacred cow which nobody wants to check all this has perpetuated the domestic and the international debt 
So how long do you think General Munir will show, uh, you know, restraint and patience? Because clearly it is quite unprecedented, the political crisis, the economic crisis. I mean, as you know, Pakistan is no stranger to crisis. But this conjunction of so many crises at the same time, or is it that the army doesn't want to take on the mantle or, you know, be more direct in what it's doing because it knows what a mess it's going to inherit? That is true, partly. The other reason is, you see, in the past, the army and the judiciary have been two pillars of the establishment which have acted in unison. Now, this time, the judiciary has been favoring former Prime Minister Imran Khan in allowing, going out of his out of their way to, under the you know uh, leadership of the present Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Umar Atta Bandial, both the Supreme Court and the High Courts at the Chief Justice level in Lahore and Islamabad, they have bent backwards to accommodate uh, Imran Khan's requests for uh, uh, protective bail, anticipatory bail, or arriving in the courts with the big crowds. Now, this has gone a little bit against him in the last incidents of March 18 in Islamabad. Despite all his requests being uh, accepted, uh, the clashes still happened on March 18. And uh, so there has been a lot of talk now in civil society that the patience of, uh, you know, the partiality of the Supreme Court and the judiciary, higher judiciary in general, is perhaps not justified. So the question now which faces Asim Munir to come back to the question is that who will decide the political agenda? Which Will it be that of the military or will it be that of the Supreme Court? In the past, as I said, they have acted in unison. But the judiciary has overall in the history of Pakistan followed the doctrine of necessity. That is, they have fallen in line behind the military except for a small period in 2007-2009 when Chief Justice Iftikhar Muhammad Chaudhary defied the orders of Musharraf and there was this lawyer's agitation for his reinstatement. After that, the judiciary has at times utilized this newfound independence and at the moment in, you know, treating... Uh, Imran Khan as a favored blue-eyed uh, sort of boy, uh, they seem to be not uh, getting the message from the army leadership. Now, how long this status will continue is doubtful. It cannot continue like this. Maybe in a week or two, one way or the other, this will be decided. Either the writ of the army will prevail or that of the judiciary will prevail. At least in the lower judiciary already, people have started getting the message and they are being more tough on Imran Khan than before. Like many South Asian countries uh, today, Mr. Banerjee, Pakistan is quite a polarized polity. Uh, you know, there are these diehard supporters of Imran Khan. And equally, there are diehard critics of Imran Khan, that people who believe that, uh, you know, he doesn't follow the rule of law. And in his, he's quite imperious in the way he's behaved. All these things, are, you know, are in the public domain. But equally, we also see that uh, the Pakistan Muslim League you know, led by, uh, you know, Shabat the Sharifs and uh, now increasingly by Maryam Nawaz, who's, uh, you know, very vocal in Pakistan. We see that even a leader like Maryam Nawaz has not hesitated to call Imran Khan a terrorist. Now, whatever be your political differences, should there not be some restraint in how you treat, uh, you know, a rival political leader? Or is it that this is the culture that uh, we are getting into in uh, Pakistan and not just in Pakistan, in many other countries where I said, you know, South Asian countries where the polity is quite polarized today? 
you are absolutely right and it's becoming uncomfortably close to the political situation which is unfolding even in our country but uh, that apart going back to pakistan there has been increasing impatience in the sort of you know an unparliamentary language which has been used in the in the political discourse and this has led to increasing polarization the trolling that has been done by supporters of uh, you know former prime minister imran against uh, the present uh, ruling dispensation and specific personalities like maryam nawaz have sort of also forced them to retaliate in similar vein and uh, that is why this uh, type of bitterness has uh, happened imran khan has been consistently holding a view that uh, he will bring the reforms of a social state from madina and that the previous dispensations were all full of thieves and leaders of these thieves were uh, you know former president asif zardari of the ppp and you know uh, the sharif brothers nawaz sharif who is in exile in london and that he would refuse to talk to these people and he would ensure that the accountability system which he introduced which was quite one sided would uh, deal with and fix these uh, uh, leaders and put them in bars behind bars forever in fact he did succeed in putting both nawaz sharif and maryam nawaz in also shahbaz and his son hamza for periods of incarceration in jails it is later that uh, some relief was given to them also the national accountability courts under former justice david ikbal they also blatantly uh, delivered one sided accountability against politicians only of the uh, opposition parties at that time so this type of thing is now being played out in reverse by the current dispensation against the pti so that a minus imran uh, sort of situation arrives where he is either disqualified or he is arrested before uh, the country goes to elections in which case they feel that this artificial boom of support which is based on a sort of cult following of this person uh, who is uh, almost megalomaniac in his various announcements and his theories which he keeps pronouncing every day about possible murder plans by the army and the ruling establishment against him Uh, which are believed by his his followers without questioning the rationale or the reality of such allegations so this type of thing is happening perhaps for the first time in uh, pakistani uh, domestic politics where the language of discourse has descended to such depths so mr valiji you know i you know at the outset i wanted to ask you about the big picture and with your experience i really would like to ask you this question which is the following we have seen you know from the time uh, nawaz sharif was picked to be the uh, you know uh, a minister in the punjab government then chief minister you know at the time of uh, you know former dictator ziaul haq we saw that the army has its favorites and we've seen that over the years you know sometimes the fa- the favorites uh, you know uh, play truant and then there are issues we've seen it with nawaz sharif three times we've seen seen it with benazir bhutto twice we've seen it over a long period of time and we saw it most uh, clearly with uh, the relationship between uh, former army chief general bajwa and imran khan when he was prime minister uh, his critics called it a selected government some people called it a hybrid government so the question i'm trying to ask you is that how long will this game continue in pakistan where you have an army chief who will play certain favor favorites who will you know you have to either dance to his tune or not dance to it 
so it seems that this this in this democracy is in a sense in pakistan some incomplete still yes it's a imperfect democracy and the hybrid dispensation thing has been continuing for a long time nawaz sharif also emerged from the apron strings of zia but to his credit it must be said that he developed into a mass based leader in course of the three decades Uh, that he has repeatedly come back to power after uh, going through being hauled over the coals in chains when the musharraf coup took place being banished to saudi arabia for 10 years but coming back again and becoming popular now the problem is that shahbaz sharif has been more an administrator than a charismatic political leader the charisma of the pdm uh, or the pakistan muslim league nawaz has waned because of the absence of nawaz sharif abroad and his daughter is the only person who is been able to uh, take on this mantle and to uh, throw back the challenge to imran khan but in the face of uh, you know imran's direct challenge to the army there is a lot of support for the idea among youth in pakistan that you know he is the one leader who is now going to try and challenge this type of power that the army has always enjoyed to foist a hybrid dispensation uh, on the people of pakistan so the question is how long will the civil society in pakistan remain prepared to cynically bear with this current standards and practices of such hybrid constructs i foresee i do not foresee this to be immediately given up the army is too entrenched in the matters of you know making the final decisions of policy in particularly the defense and security realm in the foreign policy realm in far in so far as it pertains to relations with india afghanistan and the united states they would not like to give up the perks and privileges also that they enjoy as generals and you know the land allotment uh, preferential policy of uh, land allotment after retirement these type of things are too well entrenched and no civilian uh, political government has been able to uh, summon the courage to challenge these dispensations generals who have been core commanders you would know in your time perhaps when you were in pakistan uh, there was a general by the name of uh, lieutenant general zarar asim in uh, he was core commander lahore he was uh, you know referred in a jocular way as lieutenant general zameen azm and then because so much land was being given to army housing societies and even today we have this system malik riyaz is one of the biggest uh, estate dealers in pakistan now he has retired uh, you know major generals uh, at the vice president level in his companies and uh, you know, there are reports that he whichever government is in power he gives a lot of uh, you know funds for election support Uh, at the time of election campaigning to these parties yesterday there has been a report that 50 crore rupees pakistani have disappeared from the basement of zaman park house of imran khan this was given by some uh, housing estate builders for the ensuing election campaign of the pti so these type of things are very much entrenched in in the civil society dealings and the double standards that remain when imran claims to be absolutely honest But then these claims have to be taken with a pinch of salt now his cult followers they don't get at all discouraged by this type of disclosures but more and more more educated and enlightened people in pakistan are questioning these uh, dis- disclosure as you would know there have been audio leaks where you know uh, the 
one of Imran Khan's Punjab ministers was talking to the president, asking president to persuade Imran to concede and uh, give himself up because this type of clashing with the police would be very costly. Again, former private secretary of Parvez Ilahi, the chief minister of Punjab, he has been arrested. Now, some tapes have come out where he is talking about the alleged, you know, bench fixing, the involvement or complicity of senior judges of the Supreme Court in bench fixing and the corruption of his children, which are being protected by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court because this particular judge uh, belongs to the group that is supporting the Chief Justice. The, high, the Supreme Court is uh, of bench of 17 has not been filled up. There is now only 15 judges and uh, they are divided between the supporters of Chief Justice Bandial. Uh, and the successor senior judges who are being not given important cases in the bench allocations. So, so what you are trying to tell us, uh, tell listen, uh, listeners of uh, the Hindus in Focus podcast, Mr. Banerjee, is that we can expect more of the same. I would think so. It will become worse before it becomes better. Mr. Banerjee, as usual, thank you so much for your insights and thank you again for talking to the In Focus podcast of the Hindu. I look forward to speaking to you again on the course of politics in Pakistan. Thank you very much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.